0: Hello and welcome to the first special for Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this is the Mad Max Midnight Special Part 2, Beyond Thunderdome. You can check out episode 19 of our show for our take on the first Mad Max, and over the weekend we'll cover the rest of the films. We just covered, it was Road Warrior, next up after this episode is going to be Fury Road. And uh, don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling, as always, Luke. Yo, that was
1: weird. What? The movie.
0: Oh, the movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, th- <laughs> it was weird.
1: That is the first thing I have to say about it.
0: <laughs> it was weird. Um, I will say I came across this one. Why? Because I watched the first two movies. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, big
1: facts. I feel like this one is probably the most like referenced, if any of these movies are going to get referenced. You know what I mean?
0: See, I don't know about that. I'd say that's kind of a toss-up, because I feel like Road Warrior gets referenced more. I also think it's kind of funny. Well, see, I like Thunderdome. The Thunderdome itself definitely gets referenced a lot. I'm
1: pretty sure back in college, whenever people would fight, we would say, take it to the Thunderdome. Yeah. Battledome. Battle Dome. I thought it was the Thunderdome. Was
0: it a Battle Dome? It was a Battle Dome. Should have been the Thunderdome. But where did that come from? The Thunderdome. Oh, there we go. So, what? uh, what? What? No, that's about it. How did you come across this movie? Uh, I watched <laughs> the second one. I watched the second one. That's how. All right. So,
1: who's in the cast? <laughs> Mel Gibson. Big surprise. Uh, Bruce Spence playing a different character who's the same character definitely. We'll and get
0: into it. <laughs> we got we
1: got we got Tina Turner playing Auntie and uh, Entity. Did you like her as a character?
0: No. Why? <laughs> I just I didn't feel like she did a good job in relation to all the other characters. What'd you say? I found her role less believable than all the other characters.
1: Oh, okay, I feel that. I'm sorry I cut out for a second. Um, okay, that's that's fair enough, bro. But so, um, let's see, we're in the third movie now, and in every movie this apocalypse has escalated. How has it escalated in this third one?
0: Well, it's a lot more time has passed. Uh, the best way to see that is sort of Mel Gibson's hair is a lot more gray in this one. Um. And so it's safe to assume that resources have been depleted even further. Uh, I mean, the movie opens with uh, him not driving, but towing his car with a bunch of camels.
1: Yeah, big facts.
0: Yeah. The trailer of this movie? I wouldn't say, as a trailer, I don't think it's a bad trailer. I don't like how this trailer set it up, though. Why? Why? Because it's said that you know the only the only people that survived are like the greatest warriors and their enemies, and that's just not the case. We come into a, a lot of characters that are terrible warriors, and <laughs> a lot of them don't have enemies. I guess, <laughs> because I, I, that was a specific point that one guy was such a bad warrior that he had his own warrior. You know, so it's kind, of, and even the whole thing with the kids, like, clearly, those aren't the only people who survived.
1: Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. That's that's fair. So it's it's really just the way that they use the language to.
0: Yeah. The, the language. The the language in the trailer was the worst part about it. Okay, I feel that, but
1: um, I thought the trailer was good in showing the action of the movie, though. Yeah, definitely. What you're gonna see
0: did a good job of that. Yeah. Uh, it also called him a hero, and we'll get we'll we'll get into that. So if you yeah, ju- if you just hopefully. listen
1: to the Road Warrior episode, I feel like the motifs and themes, the themes of this one didn't change too much. I feel like the apocalypse has now been established in the way that it functions and in the way that characters in the apocalypse function.
0: Yeah, definitely the world's changed slightly, but not too much and therefore the story kind of stays on that linear type of type of projection. Yeah. Yeah. Well- uh, thumbs up or down? That's gonna be... <sighs> Can I put in the middle? You know what? I was really thinking that, too, because I almost said down, but I was like, it isn't a bad movie. It I, yeah, bad I didn't movie. hate it. It was just, like, weird. Again, every time I watch one of these
1: movies, it's not what I was expecting, and this one was just, like... What? <laughs>
0: No, that's a good way to put it. So now that we've given you a taste of the movie, we really don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. We've tried to only sort of reference things in the beginning or the trailer. So if you haven't already, like and subscribe to our channel. Pause this video so you can check this one out for yourself. So let's honestly jump right into this discussion because I think this is going to be... A very interesting one, like you said. This mov- these movies aren't really what you expect. Yeah. In them.
1: Well, let's uh, let's start with let's go back to Road Warrior for a second, right? Go for so, it. So Road Warrior, I thought was a really great sequel because it definitely expanded upon the world and it gave us um, a better idea of like what I thought the original vision of this apocalypse was from George Miller, and. Yeah. It sat in a very unique spot because of the way that the plot unfolded and everything and all the character traits that we talked about. We have an entire episode on it, so you can go back and listen if you didn't already. (laughs) Um, But all the points we made in there kind of set up this third one to be a movie like that, where it's just not really what you're expecting and it's more of like the wasteland being a main character. But in this one, no. Mad Max is definitely treated more like a hero, more like the classic protagonist. It definitely has more of a classic um, plot progression in the way that everything is conflicting, the politics of Barter Town, all that stuff. So Road Warrior, I thought, was great because it was nuanced and it was um, surprising. But this one felt a lot more like... Okay, it's the original one came out like 8 years ago and they've made a billion dollar not a billion but they've made a lot of money off these yeah. movies. You can kind of tell that this is what it came to and it's not really what I wanted to to come to if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no I agree. It does sort of feel it feels off from the other ones. Yeah. It feels very off in how they establish um, and Mad Max's character in particular. Yeah, that, that's why that's why the whole thing doesn't feel like that's why we say thumbs in the middle, because this one, it really it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. It's interesting. All the, the shots are very well done. But in context of the other two, it doesn't seem as true to itself. Yeah. As the other ones do. Like, it's surprising, this one, but I don't think for a good reason.
1: Agreed, agreed. Not for not for a good reason. Road Warrior is surprising for that good reason, but I really felt like this one just tried to throw a little bit too much at it and make it an epic, grander-scale movie, and it's just too far of a jump from just being a movie about a car chase, you know? And that's not... that's that was a really, um, like, um... So that, sum- that summed it up a little bit too much for just to be a movie about a car chase, but essentially the first one is all about those car chases, and the second one, really the conflict, is created around getting out of that spot. So this one is more like the Thunderdome is a really huge part of the plot and the catalyst for everything that happens, and these politics of this town that's a lot more defined than the previous places in... Um, road warrior and even the first mad max and we have this whole peter pan story going on with like the little (laughs) kids and stuff and so the second one was really just kind of like going the whole time and it was what's happening is happening right now and this one was i don't know felt like it was trying to do more because it was the third one and it was trying to live up to the expectation that the third one in the trilogy is like the top
0: climax you know yeah exactly and to Go off of what you said earlier, like, Barter Town itself, I really do enjoy that. I think that's probably one of the movie's, like, sort of biggest pluses, is how well-developed society is at this point. You've got sort of people talking in a very weird way, as if there was no sort of standard way to talk. There was nobody, like, teaching anybody the specifics on how speech works. Everybody had their sort of own unique way of saying things and describe things. Um, and again, what you said too, it's like there's so many ideas in this movie, it feels like there are too many for it. Like it should it should have maybe been about just Thunderdome and it shouldn't have gone beyond Thunderdome.
1: Yeah, well like who was who, who would you say was the real antagonist of the movie? That's a tough see the the uh, the other two toe cutter and humongous straight on right there those are the two bad forces in this one it was kind of like the politics of barter town and him not wanting to kill the um the 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 big guy is what got blaster. him yeah what got him when he didn't kill blaster that's what got him sent out so that was what pushed the plot forward right Um, And then it was
0: those kids wanting to go.
1: Yeah, and him, like, kind of taking on that fatherly role, but, like, not really, which, again, was more of a a hero-type trait than I would think Mad Max would attribute, especially after watching Road Warrior, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Gosh, all right. I I feel like we got to get now into, like, the whole writing thing about it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, George Miller, what he likes to do as a writer, um, and a director, he gives everybody backstory. Last episode, when we talked about how Road Warrior, all the characters seemed very individualistic, they were all unique, that's because he literally wrote backstories for every single character on screen. So, every actor sort of had their own idea of the direction that their character would go. That's, you know, which is incredible. He did the same thing for Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. And there are a lot more characters, there are a lot more people, there are a lot more places. He wrote so much about Thunderdome that that's where Fury Road and Enter the Wasteland, that's how those movies got created because of the extra ideas that he had in just writing about Thunderdome. That's pretty insane. Yeah, right? That he... (laughs) Just writing for one movie. And it makes sense, because in each movie, the scale is sort of increased. But it sort of plays to a bad thing in Thunderdome. There's too many things going on. Like Bartertown, and... Uh, what's that place called? The Crack in the Ground? Or the Hole in the Ground? The yeah, crack in some, the earth? something like that. Um, that place, it really doesn't get fleshed out enough to sort of understand what's going on. So, Miller will write all of this backstory and explain everything in such great detail, but he doesn't release any of it publicly. So, we as an audience member, we can't really judge it based off of those things that we don't know, that we aren't given, because he wants the audience to wonder. And, the only references that we have are the things that we can see, which is what occurs in the movie. Like, I, we had to do research on this, and, you know, I fa- found out an exact timeline for when all these movies take place. This one is 15 years after the events of Mad Max 2. That's a while. Right? That's a long time. And it makes sense because resources are even more limited. And that's another thing I didn't like. If resources are even more limited as they were... Why does he waste his shotgun shell when he first gets to Barter Town? Ooh, that's a good question. He doesn't even shoot that guy. He shoots above him.
1: Oh, yeah, big facts, big facts. He shoots his feathers and stuff. Yeah, that's not something very Mad maxi, right, from what was established in the previous films?
0: Yeah, especially like in Road Warrior where we didn't even see guns being used except for that one time when he used it after he found one shotgun shell. Yeah, right. So if resources were already limited in the first one, I can't imagine how 15 years later would make it easier riding around on camels instead of cars. Yeah, so that those yeah, exactly. So those kinds of things kind of contradict with the the character that they've been establishing in one and two.
1: I think that's the root of the biggest issue.
0: Yeah, definitely. It it really is cuz like we said in part or in the uh, in episode 19 and part 1 we don't we can't call him a hero right off the bat he's he's a reluctant hero or an anti-hero if anything so in this one it's very clear cut that he's the good guy when the other movies have sort of established that he that's not how his character behaves like Which is what I him. loved
1: about Road Warrior. Sorry to interrupt, but that's no, what i loved go that, that's it. what I loved about Road Warrior was just that idea that like he was completely indifferent, 100 percent indifferent, and now he's not. And that's why my first words were that was weird, because you know, we were building up to so much stuff and now it
0: just changed, you know? Yeah, and we have we have the same sort of descriptions of him in Thunderdome. They hire him um, because he's so quick, which is why everybody valued him in uh, Road Warrior. Road Warrior, but he isn't the same character. So it makes us, it makes me as an audience member believe something happened in between those fifteen years that made him more, will I say, soft. I guess more caring (laughs) more 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 human
1: if you will because of the idea of the wasteland pulling the humanity out of you and so you know he was riding that fine line of having that human morality and dignity and just submitting to the wasteland and maybe something happened in those 15 years that made him start to lean
0: more to the moral side yeah exactly like when he was fighting um blaster part of the duo that is master blaster
1: master blaster
0: And when he's in a position to kill Blaster, and he sees that he's uh, mentally challenged, he refuses to kill him, which is very, it seems very off to me, because Road Warrior, it established that he doesn't really care, he'll do something as a means to an end. It doesn't really matter, he needs to do objective A to get to B. And in this one, that, that like him not killing Blaster seemed very weird. Well, it's, it's weird to
1: what was previously established, and we yeah. watched these movies so close together that that's why it felt like such a stark difference between Road Warrior being this really unique, nuanced film with an interesting protagonist, and now it's just your classic um like hero doing the right thing and it's not that i don't want to see him do the right thing but i saw him be a different person in road warrior and you know 15 years is so much time in terms of storytelling i feel like there's something there that you could have showed us to make his character in thunderdome make a little bit more sense you know
0: Exactly. Like we won't. We aren't showed those things. Like we didn't. I didn't know it was fifteen years until I found it online. Yeah. So well, I and, and a, even,
1: even finding it online is like you found it online. You know what I mean? Not that like it's not fifteen years, but even that is like unless you're telling me directly in the movie, who am I to say that like it's actually exactly. fifteen years without talking to George Miller?
0: You know? Yeah. And so that that kind of is a big issue. Same with the kids. The the we who wait that yeah. tribe or whatever. Yeah. He seems to care a lot about them when he didn't care before. Mm-hmm. And that whole storyline, like apparently, you know, if you you can look into it where those kids have been there since essentially the events of the set of, of Road Warrior. That's when the that tribe that's when essentially that plane crashed. Yeah. And they've had... We, we were told in the movie that they're waiting for Captain... Mil- Who is it? Captain uh, Walker. I think it's Walker. Captain Walker. Captain Walker. He was a search party that went out to go look for stuff, and he never came back. Well, apparently, there have been four or five other search parties that have gone out since then. That's why the, all the adults are gone. But we're never explained that as a kid. I mean, as a viewer. Yeah or never explain that that's why there are only kids in that tribe. But that's also the reason that the girl finds Max, is because she was the most recent search party. She was the oldest one, and so she went out in the search party and found Max and who she believed was Walker.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that's... I don't, I don't hate the idea of these kids being in the apocalypse, because it's a really harsh reality, and, you know, the fact that the first person they find in the desert they all assume is Captain Walker because they're all so disillusioned and looking for that hope. Like, that's a pretty real storyline. And in an apocalypse-type movie, that's, like, very hard and very harsh. But I felt like it really had some Peter Pan vibes. Like, I really felt like I was watching Robin Williams in that Peter Pan movie, right? And, Mm. um... Like you said, like, it's not extremely defined as to why these kids are the way they are. So I felt like the impact didn't really hit at first until you do that extra research to see what really their story is. And while it's happening, it's kind of just like, like a fun little adventure thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it seems very forced that they're there. Yeah, And that's kind of like because you definitely have like these stories. Both those stories are good. The thing, the things that happened in Bartertown, and their whole story. Those are interesting things, but both of them together, it's like there's too much and not enough time. Exactly, exactly. That's a that's a really good take. And so that's why this movie is sort of like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much I like it. Because if the events of the ki- the kids that wait had happened before Bartertown, okay, that would make me believe why his character is more kind and more open to being with people. Why he's more likely to spare Blaster in the Thunderdome. Okay. But we don't get that. Yeah exactly we're we're given the same max from road warrior who's only aged and for whatever reason he's somehow more he's somehow uses his resources more freely and is more sparing of people which we've never seen him be
1: yeah you know man and you kind of described The Road Warrior as being a little bit of a vignette in the way that the story felt because you felt like he was just a part of the story. Mad Max wasn't the story, right? Yeah. So, like, in this one, it was kind of, like, almost like, you know, he wrote it like the Thunderdome was that first vignette and then, you know, almost like it didn't know where to go. So then it came up with this vignette of the kids. And so it's, like, it's making the apocalypse world definitely feel more full but it's not giving enough to, like, make it stand out. And Road Warrior stood out because of everything we've been talking about. Uh, He was really just indifferent, and he just wanted to be a part of it and whatnot. And in this one, it's like, I didn't like Mad Max because he was the character that they make him in Thunderdome. I liked Mad Max because he wasn't the character that they made him in Thunderdome. And so I feel like that's kind of the line that was riding, was just like, Okay, we had this Thunderdome beginning, Max is doing his own thing, and now he's thrown into this stuff with the kids, and none of it really fleshes out too much, and then the end of the movie is just the car chase. So the whole movie wasn't the car chases, it was just that last part when they have the house on the thing and everything, and at that point... On the train, yeah. Yeah, at that point, it doesn't even... Like, it didn't feel that much like a Mad Max movie, essentially, right?
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, and that's something that we brought up with Road Warrior, is that all of these movies feel very independent of of the other ones. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that sort of was very weird that I found out was the gyro captain, um, is a different character than Jedediah in, uh... Thunderdome. Thunderdome and Road Warrior. Which it's the guy played by the same actor. Yeah. So, I know, I've seen that in shows before where it's, you know, and movies, where it's, okay, it's the same role being played by a different actor. But in this one, it's very hard to believe because we're not giving a lot about him. They are... Both working around things that fly, and they both behave incredibly similar.
1: It's him. I don't I don't care what anyone says. A- exactly. It's, <laughs> like, it's very
0: hard to believe that they're totally different characters. Um, and if you remember in the end of Road Warrior, it says that the gyro captain ended up becoming the leader of that other civilization. But honestly, the way I see it, because Thunderdome is a movie, I feel like the ending of road warrior shouldn't have happened you know that big monologue at the end i feel like that just okay we as knights members are supposed to forget that
1: you know i really feel like it's a great example of being an unplanned trilogy where they made yeah. the first one and it was just a cool movie that they wanted to create and it did really well so then they made road warrior and road warrior probably did even better got them a ton of money and now Like, they... I I wouldn't doubt it if Thunderdome wasn't planned until after Road Warrior had a major success, because like you said, it really feels like by the time they got to Thunderdome, they realized the cash cow they actually had, and then they bring in all these likable characters like the Gyro Captain, but just slightly change it. And it's weird and questionable just because they're not being super upfront about it. They're being low-key about it and, like, not being super clear. And I feel like that can be something that can turn a lot of people off to the actual movie, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I feel like this, like... In this one, uh, one of the big points, the most memorable thing in this movie is thunder is the Thunderdome. Yeah. Okay. The title of the movie is Beyond Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. So what's important about this movie, what this movie's main focus on, is everything that happens after the Thunderdome part. It says it in the title. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the most memorable thing is not even what you're supposed to remember. Yeah. Exactly. And that Thunderdome uh, part was really cool, dude. If the whole movie was around him being a cage fighter, like,
1: it would have been kind of (laughs) sick. Right?
0: (laughs) Right? It would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. And I feel like it may have been a more successful movie or would have made a lot more sense if he had just killed Blaster and we saw what happened after that.
1: Yeah. if Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. Like, I wanted to see Mad Max not be the person he was in Beyond Thunderdome. And... um like, if Thunderdome came out by itself without the other two, maybe I would have liked it in a little bit more, um, because, like, my perspective on Thunderdome is definitely being influenced by Road Warrior in the first one. I'm not going to deny that, but I think that's important because anytime you're in a trilogy like this, it's all about how it climaxes to the very end, and that's why I feel like it's hard to have a really solid trilogy because there's so much time you have to go. Like think about all the botched trilogies out there, dude. Like Terminator, like maybe Back to the Future three. If you don't like Cowboys, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, exactly, because that it, it kind. I feel like it kind of is a victim of the same type of thing where it's so out there to what the first two brought it that you don't really know how you should feel about the third one. Yeah. And in this one too, a big thing, a very symbolic thing in the second one in Road Warrior where his character is defined by the fact that he doesn't live his life based off of chance or luck. He is only as good as his skills. And all the... Almost every piece of dialogue he has reinforces that, and his actions reinforce that, so much so that in Road Warrior, we see that part where he's looting that guy's body after he goes back to the gyrocopter, and he like takes out like that necklace or whatever and throws it over his shoulder, and then he takes out a playing dice, looks at it, and then throws it away. Like, that, that's the type of symbolism that is, it's very blatant in a movie that is mostly about showing you rather than telling you. Yeah. Things like that are supposed to be very big things that we hold on to, where in Thunderdome, he luckily escapes the gulag torture and gets rescued by the kids. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And the gulag torture was even, wasn't even that crazy. They just threw him out on a horse until the horse died, you know? I thought it was going to be like, runs through the pits of hell or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem as true to itself as it should be.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, I'm not. Um, I was definitely prefaced, prefaced, not prefaced, prefaced that um, it was going to be like that, that Thunderdome was considered the big jump for the series, and a lot of people didn't like it. I definitely knew that, so I might have been a little biased going into it, expecting it to not be what I wanted it to be. But at the same time, I don't think that I'm being like overly critical by talking about the things I'm talking about right now because I really think that you know Mad Max had the potential to be one of the most unique and memorable trilogies of all time but it almost falls short because Thunderdome misses its mark and like like we said like Fury Road came out and it totally reignited all this Mad Max stuff a couple years ago i feel yeah. like Mad Max would have stayed in the past if George Miller didn't come out with the new movie that made everybody go oh crap those movies are
0: like sick right Exactly, and that's how we got Fury Road and the new one that's going to come out in years to come. Yeah, was from just his ideas in writing Thunderdome. It's just Thunderdome doesn't. It's not. I don't think we're being too critical either because we like that movie. Yeah, we don't. We don't think it's a bad movie. It's just if you put it in relationship with the first two movies, it doesn't make as much sense.
1: Yeah for sure. It's not it's not as coherent. Um another as... sorry, but another thing on top of what you just said is that it um it definitely does it lost that sense of realism too. Like the first one feels really realistic. Second one still has that realistic tone to it that like they're finding just shoulder pads on the ground and they all have tricked out cars but they're still like you can tell that they're man-made and someone who uh, was savvy at being a mechanic could do it at this point with like barter town and the tribe of kids and them all acting weird and like standing on the plane and everything at this point it's definitely become way more sci-fi and way less kind of based in like a real world apocalypse you agree
0: yeah no i think that's i think that's pretty true because The thing about Barter Town is they have a self-sustaining fuel system using the methane gas from pigs. God, now I'm getting way too analytical. And so what you would imagine to see is they're going to be making a lot of their own stuff. They're going to have new stuff. They're not going to be necessarily reusing everything like everybody else because they don't have to scavenge for what's left. They can create new things. They have a power source to use it. And you see that in the cars near the end. All the cars are very unique, and they look heavily customized specifically for that environment rather than the ones in Road Warrior where it was a a grab bag of things that people could find to put on their car. Mm -hmm. But everything else, like Entity's outfit, is really the only thing that you see that feels like this is from this sort of new civilization.
1: Yeah, she definitely dresses... um like she's from space kind of. you know you, you know what I mean? Like um, yeah, not like she's in the Apocalypse, but like they found a new utopian type society.
0: Yeah, exactly. and it sort of loses its practicality in how she dresses. like in Road Warrior, people were dressing in armor and leather. Well, that makes sense because they're either driving bikes and you would just find that. That's pretty protective equipment. To wear, whereas hers is just kind of—it looks like uh, outfits for women in video games, where they're just <laughs> scantily clad. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel you. Like, like they don't necessarily serve a purpose; they're just there for the show of it, and that—that that seems slightly disingenuous too. Yeah, I feel
1: that. I feel that definitely. It's it it, it all. You, Mm, well, what am I trying to say? Here we go. Um, the second one is extremely unique in all those costumes, but it still feels real, and this one it just straight-up doesn't, <laughs> dude, you know? Like, I don't want to beat a dead horse with, like, us going over talking about how we started one place and, like, ended another place, but the jump really is so extreme that it definitely affects the vision of the entire series as a whole. So I can't like watch it and not notice how far we've come from that first movie with just police cars chasing people down.
0: Yeah. All those movies one and two, they end in satisfaction. Yeah. Okay. This one doesn't, you're kind of left. Like you're questioning everything at least i was like you're trying to wrap your head around everything because you're not given you're given so much so quickly it seems like too much and not enough is explained and i think what really the big difference between the essence of those two movies road warrior and beyond thunderdome is in road warrior the dog dies in beyond thunderdome the monkey lives okay okay elaborate on that a little bit i like where you're going well that's just how it is like road warrior is tragic it's realistic it's it's gruesome his his dog that is sort of like the only thing he's attached to dies brutally gets killed gets killed yeah and then beyond thunderdome this monkey that he had in the beginning kind of stays around for the whole movie that's a great
1: point dude that's a that's a really good point
0: where the hell did that monkey come from
1: I have no idea, but it's not—it's not a tragedy. It's no longer a tragedy. It's no—it's no longer the tragedy of Mad Max. It has now become the um, basic multi-million-dollar sci-fi adaptation of Mad Max. You feel me?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I think that I think so, that, that's a pretty good way to de- to define how, where the series went.
0: Yeah, I think that leads us right into trying to define the genre of it. It's a. Uh, Sci-fi by for sure over,
1: yeah like the first one is not sci-fi at this point
0: I would say it's sci-fi would you agree? I, I think I'd have to agree with that and even why we didn't bring that up with Road Warrior 2 is because most of it is founded in realism. They're not living in a nuclear apocalypse when we get to be on Thunderdome we're living in a nuclear apocalypse yeah so as explained by the kids that wait in that cave. So, would you recommend this to your friends?
1: Not as much as Road Warrior, but not as much
0: as I would Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah,
1: but I mean, I wouldn't not, but I'm, I'm not texting people right after we we stop recording to be like, "Yo, Thunderdome tonight, homie."
0: <laughs> you bring you bring into snacks. I think that I think that's very well put. <laughs> what do you recommend this to your family? I would. Uh, I would yeah. recommend this one to my family. I wouldn't this recommend this
1: one's more family friendly than Road Warrior for
0: sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like this is the one that you you would recommend to your family, not any of the other ones. No, big facts. is it a cult classic? I don't ah, think
1: so. Ah, no, trash. And too a little little bit a little, little bit too trash for that. A little bit, just a
0: little bit. A little is it trash. a cinephile's must-watch?
1: Yeah, yeah, cuz if you're a cinephile and you like Mad Max, you have had to have seen all of it to consider yourself a cinephile, right? Yeah, I guess you're
0: gonna to have to watch that. Yeah, and honestly, what's more importantly is just knowing how George Miller comes up with the stories. I think than actually this story that we saw. Yeah. Right. Really. Really. Really interesting. Because of how just far back he goes. So who made? We're we doing music. This one Schwartz. We're you mean, make, or, or uh, Schwartz. Sorry. I love th- I, get, lo- I love that joke so much.
1: Yeah, um, um yeah, Schwartz made it and I told the told you, dude, the people are gonna get some spice
0: at the end of the episode. They just gotta we're figure gonna, out if we're it's sugar. Spice. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel, follow us on Instagram to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and help us determine the movies we watch and future content that we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and remember your donations keep my blue light on. Thank you for watching this epitune, and stay tuned for part three tomorrow. Did you say epitune? Did I? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Two men enter, one man leaves. Two men enter, one man <laughs> leaves. Two men enter, one man leaves.
0: <laughs> <Damn
1: it. laughs> what are we reviewing next for Fury Road, right? all see y'all then
0: (laughs) you're gonna keep all of that audio in (laughs) (laughs) thank